0: In today's show, I'm going to be looking at the Cleveland Cavaliers from a fantasy basketball perspective for the upcoming season, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at redrock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. We're here for part two of the Cleveland Cavaliers season preview. Go and check out the first one I did with Evan Damrell of Locked On Cavs, previewing the, uh, the rotation. He's Thoughts on how things work out, starters, bench guys, discussing the lowry Marketing deal, Colin Sexton's future, all of that stuff. If you are watching on the video, you will see a link to that show at the end of the, of the end of the show, or you can just easily go and check out my uh, season preview playlist, which is uh, readily available on YouTube and uh, in the audio feed as well. So let's talk Cavs. Let's talk fantasy value. That's what we're here to do for today's show. So let's do it right now. We start by looking at their schedule. For this upcoming season, they have 53 quality games, which is great. Really good news. That, that's a that's a pretty high number. So when you're talking about later round players, or even those mid round guys, Jarrett Allen's, Colin Sexton's, Evan Mobley's, maybe it's Lowry Markkinen, maybe we're talking about Isaac Okoro. The fact that they have so many quality games is a real bonus for them. They have 15 back-to-backs, which is absolutely the league maximum. It doesn't worry me too much. We're not drafting Kevin Love, who's probably going to sit out games that aren't back-to-backs anyway. But again, the problem you have with those back-to-backs is there's not going to be many players outside of like John Isaac, Clay Thompson coming into this year that are going to be routinely sitting back-to-backs. But when someone gets hurt, when they return from that injury, that's where you have the worry, and the Cavs have the most games out of anybody. They have an interesting playoff schedule, 11 games in a default Yahoo playoffs, so 4-3-4. That's a pretty good schedule, and in my recommended settings, which end March 20th, the Yahoo ones end April 3rd, they also have 11 games, which is actually the equal highest, and they have a 4-3-4 setup in that one as well. So one of the best um, playoff schedules out there, and actually the best in mine, And the fact you have four games in championship week is good, plus 53 quality games is pretty solid as well. So overall, I would say that the schedule situation for the Cavs is pretty good, especially when consider versus some of the teams we've already covered, where Brooklyn and Boston, they didn't have particularly good ones, Atlanta even. They didn't have particularly great um, schedule situations. And the Cavs have a pretty decent one, definitely in the... In the top ten to maybe even top five of overall schedule value for a fantasy basketball perspective, when you take into consideration quality games and playoff schedule together, it's not bad. Again, this is a very very small part of what you should be considering when drafting, but it is something that we should be uh, we should be paying attention to regardless. And let's have a look at pressure points. So what can what can change my thoughts on projection? I think the one of the first things we're we'll to look at is what happens with Kevin Love. Like, does he play at all? Kevin Love played like 24 minutes a game last year. He had calf issues. He had Achilles injuries. He had to pull out of Team USA because he wasn't fully trusting his calf at all. There's talk that he's not getting bought out. That still might happen. But he might not even play for this team. But what if he does play? And what if the organizational pressure and organizational, I guess, long-term feelings towards Kevin Love mean that he plays 27 minutes a night? Because that impacts Jared Allen, it impacts Larry Markin, and it impacts Evan Mobley. If Kevin Love doesn't play at all, then it impacts those guys in a positive manner. And at this point, who's to say? I would say that Love is the fourth big man on this squad at this stage. But he could be the second guy, depending on how bigger staff wants to run things. The Cavs are what you would say very far from a winning and functional organization at the best of times. And they could make some very weird decisions with rotations and with contracts, as we saw with Jared Allen and Larry Markin and all these bullshit things that they have done over the past uh, few years. So the loved one is really the big dog's balls that's out there that we're staring at going, what happens? What happens with this bloke? Does he go to Portland? Does he, does he get traded? Will anyone take him on? It's a really weird scenario there. They could also start Larry Markinan, who um, I think he's going to have to take on on this now. Oh, hi, Mark. Because I don't know if Marcus is going to play this year, so someone needs to take on the, the banner. We're, always going to, we're going to transition these drops, like when we, we, uh, when we move Jimmy Barnes's drop onto Scotty Barnes from Harrison Barnes. These things need to transition. Anyway, Larry Markkinen, Um does he start over Evan Mobley? I think there's a distinct possibility, as I discussed with Evan, because if he doesn't start, they're starting 3-4-5. Okoro, Mobley, and Allen are horrendous shooters. And that is very bad. But it is the Cavs. And they don't seem to care about how normal basketball is played a lot of the time. Now, market and starting, I don't think, means 33 minutes, sniffing top 70 value. Remember, he cannot get assists. He can't get steals. He can't get blocks. He's a poor field goal percentage guy. What he is, is a guy that needs a lot of usage to score a lot. And really, with Sexton and Garland around, he's not going to get that huge, huge volume. And I don't think he plays 30-plus minutes. They should be, if they are smart. They're the Cavs, so maybe they're not. Sorry, Cavs fans. Um, yeah, Markkinen shouldn't be getting 32 minutes a night. But it's, it's one to watch because if Mobley pushes into a 24-minute role, he's not worth drafting. If Marken plays 32 minutes, he is worth drafting. But if he's a 24-minute-a-night starter or bench player, Larry, then there's no real value in that. And that's going to be an interesting thing. But on the flip side of that, if ever Mobley shows that shit he can shoot, then he will get 30-plus minutes. He will play 32 minutes because then that problem of not having someone to space out between Okoro and Allen... Um, is solved. I, I'm not confident that he's going to be able to do that in his rookie season, Evan Mobley, but it is something that can happen. I'd like him to be able to hit twos and free throws and threes, all of those things, and he struggled with all three of those areas in Summer League. But that is a, that is a pressure point. Because if his shooting is completely rough, then him and Allen together is going to be very, very tough. And he might end up playing you know, 24 minutes and coming out early and then playing just the backup minutes behind Jarrett. And Markkinen gets more playing time. Or if the shooting happens, he plays 34 minutes and Markkinen is completely neutralized. They are big swing things. The Markkinen, Mobley, Love, all what happens in that front court, which is where all their money seems to be invested at the moment, is really how things can, uh, can change. And not necessarily for the better. It might be for the better, but maybe not. But I'll tell you what is for the better. Football is back. College football has started today. Pro football preseason is going, and the number one place for you to throw all of your college knowledge and football knowledge and pro football knowledge is Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for pro and college football betting. Get the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest in the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at BetOnline. Be sure to take advantage also of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener Thursday, September the 9th between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your bet will be refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Check it out and take advantage of all the great deals available for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's get into the next thing here with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Breakout candidates. I really only think there's one option here, and that's Isaac Okoro. I think there is a risk in certain situations, especially when we're looking at expert-type drafts. And I hate the term expert, but you know what I mean. Drafts that include people of analysts from sites because they'll look at what Okoro did at the end of last season, where for that last two weeks or so in uh, in May, I I forgot what month it was considering how weird shit was, he was putting up some big numbers. They really gave the ball to um, Okoro a lot. He upped his usage, and he showed an ability to score quite a bit. And if we look at you know, his, some of his numbers at the end of last season, he had a stretch where he had a 30, uh, 20, 15, 10, 11, 32 points, 7, 15, 12, 22, 15, 17, 18 points. He had a stretch where he had a 4, 6, and 5 assist game, another 6 assist game. The shooting was really bad, but he was able to take on a high usage towards the end of the year. But Darius Garland was out. Kevin Love wasn't playing. Evan Mobley wasn't there. Yeah, Sexton was they were shutting things down and they just thought they they just wanted to see what Okuro could do. I do not have faith that Isaac Okoro is going to come in and get twenty-five percent usage and become a 18 point per game scorer. But they they did try that out. Now his efficiency was horrendous in nearly all of those games. In fact, the last five games of the year, his highest true shooting in the game was fifty-one percent. Like so really, really bad efficiency stuff. Um, and, and I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, but, but it could. He's going to play a lot of minutes. I think he can develop into a solid passer. His defensive stats haven't really come along yet. Um, we would hope he can be a better shooter than 29% from three. Oh, there's a lot of things that can happen as he moves into his second year. The role is secure. There is no wings on this. Th- well, there are no wings. That's better English. There are no wings on this team. There are um, you know, no shutdown defenders apart from him. So he's going to have a large role. But Sexton, Garland... Mobley, Love, I When these guys all play, they are going to take the shots in preference to Okoro because Okoro can't shoot. And I don't think he's this dynamic, offensive player yet. But if there's someone on this team we're looking at as a breakout guy that you want to take a flyer on as a last pick, it is Okoro. Now, the chances of him being a top 60 player is significantly less than him not even cracking the top 200. I think you know him being the 200th best player is probably more likely than being the 60th best player. So I just don't see the path for him being a consistent 25-minute or 25-usage player with true shooting that's at least 54-55. He just isn't that guy, and yeah, not bringing defensive stats as a good defender, which is is a concern. But maybe he takes like a DeAndre Hunter type leap, and all of a sudden becomes this hyper-efficient guy. I think it's almost impossible. Don't get me wrong, but that is something that we consider, and that's what we look at with our last-round picks. You got a secure role, yes. And if you come out there and then turn into this great shooter or good shooter or dynamic offensive player, then it's great. No point taking a guy with your last pick, like who's going to fulfill a 23 minute a night role, but you know what he's going to get and he's going to be the 130th best player with zero upside. Like, I don't think that's point, that there's any point in that. Nakoro, there is a point in doing it. I don't think that that point's necessarily going to come to fruition, but there is a point in doing it at least. Let's look at fantasy sleepers now. Um, I think Colin Sexton's an interesting one last season Sexo was on uh, on category leagues the 66th ranked player that's pretty good in points leagues he was 61st Yahoo has him ranked at um, 91 yeah that that's it's too low it makes no sense now while I think garland will get a bump in usage marketings there you'll have um, uh, Evan Mobley as well. There's no reason for me to think Colin Sexton slips down that much. So he was a big steal last year as well. I think he will remain a big steal this year at number 91. That seems like a pretty uh, pretty common sense move. Isaac Acora is at 232 on ESPN. I love that one. Again, he's a guy that you're going to have to scroll right, right down the list to find, and that's totally fine. You can scroll right down there, find him, and take him as a last round flyer. Take him in 14 team leagues. Like a 232... We're talking about, yeah, maybe 20-team leagues not selecting him. Definitely 16-team leagues. So there's great value in him there. Rubio's at 198, and I, I include that just because they didn't have a backup point guard last year, this Cavs team. Rubio it can be that. He can get five, six assists with one and a half steals. And in 16-team leagues, 14-team leagues, there is value in him. And yeah, there is some value in him at 198. I think Darius Garland, on ESPN, he is at 57. That maybe is too high. I don't think it's too bad. But the interesting thing on ESPN, his rank is 57. His ADP is 82. People are not buying Darius Garland. If I get Darius Garland at 82, I am real happy about that. There is legitimate top 40 potential for Garland this season. He could average 20 and eight with two and a half threes. I think there's absolutely huge potential for Garland this season. So the 56 rank makes 57 rank on ESPN makes sense. The ADP at 82 is great. He's at 69. Of course he is on uh, Yahoo. Giggity. And I think that's about fine. 94 on fan tracks is, is far too low. And then we'll look at a couple other fan tracks ones. Kevin Love's at 311. Now, I don't know if Kevin Love's even going to play. But I do know that at least in a 20-team league or an 18-team league, I will take a flyer on Love. And at 311, he's not a part of any single league at that rank. And then also, again... Fantrack's current rankings are based on total values from last season at the moment. Therefore, Evan Mobley is currently ranked 1149th. Now, there is, if you doubled the player pool in the NBA, you don't even get to 1100 players in the NBA. But what is important there is if you want Evan Mobley, search him in the search bar, scroll way down because he's not going to appear at the top of your lists. Just go and find him. I think that Mobley, when we're talking about him for fantasy, he's probably going to be like a, an 11th round guy, 12th round sort of player. There is risks associated with him and those minutes and with market in there for sure. I think he's a better points league guy that maybe you look at as a 10th round guy, probably category 11th and 12th. But if you miss out on Evan Mobley in a draft, I don't think it wor- you should worry. You shouldn't reach for a rookie really ever. And Mobley is definitely one of those guys that I don't think that we're in any situation where we're reaching for him um, for our fantasy drafts. I just don't think there's any point in that. But you know, if he's sitting right down the back end of a draft and you want to take a flyer on someone at round 13, I'd probably do Mobley over Okoro. His fantasy game is significantly better with passing, with blocks, with rebounds, with good field goal percentage, with some scoring ability, which uh, Okoro doesn't really bring. But he's going to be right down that list there. So to me... He's a guy that we look at as a 12th, 11th round guy. Maybe you go 10th in in a points league type scenario for Evan Mobley. Let's look at some bust type options. And let's talk the same guy again, because Mobley on Yahoo is at 78. Now that's, that's way too high. I think best case scenario, he could be 75th. But a rookie with Alan Love, Dean Wade, Lowry Markin, and there, where they might play him 26 minutes to begin with. He might have bad free throw percentage, bad field goal percentage, low usage to begin with. There is absolutely no justification at all for taking Evan Mobley at 78. That's round seven. That is foolishness. I think he should be probably fourth rookie off the board. He should get drafted in standard leagues. As I said, 11th, 12th round probably. 78. You are absolutely dreaming to have Evan Mobley at that position. It makes no sense. He's at 82 on ESPN, which is also too high, um, and and I don't love that. Colin Sexton, he's at 54 on ESPN. Now, I talked about him being at 91 on Yahoo. That's a big discrepancy. Now, his ADP Sexton on ESPN is 68, which I think is about fine. That's not too bad, but at 54, that's expecting him to improve from last year. Now, uh, and to get better, where you've added more talent to the team and more Garland and Mobley there and Mark there, which I don't think Sexton, who relies so much on high efficiency, high usage, is going to necessarily get significantly better from last year. And taking him at 54 would indicate that you think that. And then two guys that I mentioned in the sleeper section, because it, it all depends. And people ask me, who's asleep? And I go, well, I don't know until we get rankings and data out. And now we do have it. And Kevin Love is at 153 on ESPN. That's too high. I wouldn't want to take him in a 12-team league at the end there. I just don't think there's much value in that. And ravishing Rick Rubio. Yeah, Fantrax has him at 107. So you're going to be getting into round 10, round 9. You're going to see Rubio at the top of your board. And you're going to be going, what's going on? Do I need to be taking Rick Rubio there? The answer, of course, to that is no. No. But he's going to be there at the top of your board. So you've got to realize that that's a poor selection. He's like a 14-team a league guy or an assist streamer or someone if I'm desperate for assist, my team just needs that boost of assist in my last round, I don't mind that Rubio one. Because he could play 25 minutes, playing next to Sexton, playing next to Garland, although I don't really love the fit of him next to Garland. But their backup guard situation is Rubio and nobody else. Like, nobody else. Dylan Windler, lol. Damian Dotson, come on. Broderick Thomas, who they haven't even re-signed yet. Like, their their backup situation for guards is horrendous. The Discman, CD like, no. He's more of a three. Anyway. And even if he plays the two, who the hell is their backup three? Their backup guard situation is rough. Like, it is real rough. And that is, um, that is important to note. But I'll tell you what isn't rough, and that is buying your auto parts from Rock Auto. Why would you go? Have you got rocks in your head? You go to a local chain auto parts store. Seriously, that's like, that's, that's foolish behavior. That's reprehensible because the parts that you get from Rock Auto, they're cheap. They're reliably low these prices. You can save 30, 50, even 100% on the price for the same part that you get from your local dealership or a chain auto store. There's no need to go to one of those stores and deal with intimidating questioning from that bloke behind the counter. Mate, get out of here. Go to rockauto.com, a family business serving online auto parts customers for 20 years. And When you browse their easy-to-use website and find the parts that you need, there'll be a box that says, how did you hear about us? And you say, Locked On, guys. So you type in Locked On in that box. They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Just talking about Rock Auto. Yeah, I get passionate about it. I expend energy. So I need to replace that energy, and I do that with a delicious built bar. Built bar are the best tasting protein bars ever. If you haven't had a built bar, I don't know what you're waiting for. Get yourself a box, get a mixed box. You can try all of those flavors and find out your favorite. Your favorite should be cookies and cream. Maybe it's coconut, maybe it's raspberry, maybe it's ar- almond? Almond, that's not right. Maybe it's uh, strawberry. That's one of the flavors. But there is, yeah, special edition grasshopper cookie. People seem to love that one. Raspberry cheesecake, get that into here as well. These are not just delicious tasting protein bars, though. They are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So, go to built.com, use our promo code locked15, L O C K E D 1 5, and you will get 15% off your order at built.com. So, get a box of Built bars for 15% off using the promo code locked15. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, that brings us on to some deep league targets. Akuro or you know, deep league targets or last pick in standard league type guys. Isaac Akuro, I've mentioned already. Yeah, you're going to be grabbing him in like 14, 16 team leagues, but I don't mind it as a last round pick in a 12 team league for sure. I think the Discman, CeeDee Osman, is someone that we can take a look at there. Now, Osman is a guy that was the 240, 241st ranked player last year in 26 minutes. His Yahoo rank is 247. ESPN at 168 is way too high, but he is a guy that is going to have a role because there are no wings on this team. If Okoro is hurt or his Sexton gets hurt, he's going to have to play. And he can be a high-volume guy who has shown an ability to generate some assists as well. So he is a valuable option because there is at least a pretty sizable role there for Osman at this point, given the way that this team looks. And one to watch is a guy that put up some interesting numbers at the end of last year. Dean Wadey Wade. Wade played 19 minutes a game last year. Towards the end, he was playing big minutes. They were playing him wildly out of position at the... Th- at the three. But if Kevin Love isn't on this team, the backup big men are going to be marketing and Wade. And he's going to have an every-night role, probably 17, 18 minutes. And if Allen is hurt, if Mobley's hurt, if marketing is invariably hurt, then Wade is going to push into a large role. And he showed an ability to shoot at some point. He showed some defensive ability. And for a guy that worked his way from a two-way deal onto a full-time contract, and maybe in this situation, he can work into a... Um, into a main rotation role. I think Dean Wade's at least a deeper league guy to pay attention to, at least over a Fionde Cabangale or a Lamar Stevens type. Dean Wade is clearly ahead of those guys uh, in the rotation for Cleveland at this point. And then let's get onto the rest. And we haven't really talked about this bloke yet, and that is Jarrett Allen. Allen is the 92nd ranked player on Yahoo. He is 88th on um, ESPN. And I think that's about right. He was the 76th ranked player last year. There is sometimes minutes issues with him. Um, The block rate really dropped his free throws. I think there is potential for him to get better there, but it hasn't really happened yet. He's just a really rock solid guy that if you pick him in round eight, in that 90 or 80 to 100 range, I think it is absolutely, totally fine to grab him there. There is higher potential for him. I think points leagues, he can maybe be a top 70 guy because the free throw percentage keeps him back. And if you are punting free throws, he does become like a top 70, top 75 type of player. But he is someone that we we take a look at. I haven't really spoken. Oh, actually, I was gonna say I haven't really spoken about Darius Garland, but I have. I think he can really push. It. To me, he's a uh, top sixty, top sixty-five type of guy who can push into the top forty. Let's talk Markinen, who last year was 143rd in twenty-six minutes a night. I don't think that that's you know crazy to expect from him again. Twenty-six, maybe he starts and plays thirty minutes. I. And take all of this into consideration. I have historically been lower on Larry Markkinen than everybody. I hated it when the Bulls picked him at number seven. People were anointing him the next star. He's going to be a top 30 fantasy guy. I never saw it, right? Um, And now, you know, some public perception is coming back to where I was on him earlier on. And people look at it and go, Larry Markin, he's great. He just needs his opportunity. He'll start. He'll play 32 minutes. I don't see that to me. He is a guy who offers so little in terms of ball movement and defense and even overall efficiency is pretty bad for him that he's best suited to be, you know, a bench roll Ryan Anderson type player. That's as a three-point specialist who I don't think you want to pump the ball into his hands a huge amount. So I'd happily take him in one of the last rounds, but I'm not expecting him to push back to be a top 70, top 80 guy. It could happen. I think it's complete mismanagement to sign Jarrett Allen to draft Evan Mobley and then say, you know, screw that, we're going to play Larry Market in 30-plus minutes. That seems insane to me. But it is the Cavs, and they paid him an insane contract for what he's worth. He's nowhere near worth that amount. But he is someone, I think, to have some sort of a look at. Dylan Windler, I thought he could come in and be a pretty solid defender and shooter and rebounder. He's just been rooted by injuries, and the shooting hasn't been there. There is an open rotation spot on this team. Um, maybe he grabs it, but I don't think we should be fired up about him for fantasy. And then the last guys, Lamar Stevens, Damian Dotson, and Fyundo Cabangale. Yeah. Cabangale's got a good fantasy game. If he could actually be good enough to stay on the court, he can't, so that's not going to have any impact. Dotson played way too much last year. He was playing point guard at times because there was no point guards on this squad. He is not going to have that level of role, but he could move into that Dylan Windler backup shooting guard type position and hit some threes. At least he's someone who can shoot a little bit as a backup guard. And Lamar Stevens, eh, he's totally fine to be your 12th best player. Not in fantasy, on an NBA squad, but there is, I don't think, really too much upside at all with someone like Lamar Stevens. And that is your Cleveland Cavaliers for this season. Don't forget. You can follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a thumbs down if you hate it, whatever. Just give, just thumb it somewhere. Leave a comment down below. Follow this. Subscribe to this podcast on YouTube. Follow it, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey. I can't remember if I already said that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'll say it again. Tell your friends. Check out the rest of this series as well, guys. We Done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.